it started out as just a, um, uh, really, it was just a comment that I put on the actual Boston Marathon Facebook page. I was looking for other runners to train with. Uh, I typically train by myself. So I was just looking for people to virtually train with to get tips and advice and just um, hear other people's experience. Because um, when you train for Boston, it's a little, a little different than normal training of a marathon. You know, you've, you've done it a couple of times. So it's like, you know, you're kind of going at a faster pace than, than, uh, than normal. And, um, you know, we, we started with just four of us. Welcome to the feel good running podcast, no matter what level runner you are and whether you prefer road or trail running or both, you will find this podcast informative, motivating, inspiring, and entertaining. We have interesting guests, running related information, inspirational stories about real runners and much more. Now, here's your host and a longtime runner himself, Jim Lynch. Well, hello, runners. Welcome to episode number 37. My name is Jim Lynch. This is my podcast, Feel Good Running, and welcome to it. If you're a new listener, we're a running podcast, and if you're new to running, you're really going to like this. Go back and listen to some of the other episodes, too. We try to bring motivating and inspirational guests on our show and you know, some stories and all of that. So you're going to really enjoy it. And to my regular listeners, thanks again for for listening. I appreciate it. I'm really excited for this episode. My guest this episode is Vince Varello. Now, some of you may be familiar with Vince, and those of you that are not are going to find out very shortly what a great ambassador Vince is to the running community. So here's a little background. In November of 2016, Vince started a Facebook page called The Boston Buddies. And how that all started was from a comment that he put on the Boston Marathon Facebook page. He was looking for other runners to train with virtually and get some tips and advice and listen to their experiences as they train for the Boston Marathon. He typically runs alone. Well, it started off with four people on the Boston Buddies Facebook page, and today it's grown to over 11,400 members. And we will be talking about how this all started and the growth of it during our conversation. I tag Vince as being virtual before virtual was cool. With the growth and participation through Boston Buddies, Vince and his group have put together some very creative and interesting challenges and events that are completely outside the norm of the regular virtual races that are out there. And uh, you're going to really enjoy hearing about them. And I'm sure once you do, you're probably going to want to be a part of the Boston Buddies Facebook page. doesn't matter if you're going to run Boston. As long as you're a runner, you can be involved with the Boston Buddies. Okay, that'll be coming up in just a little bit. Now, I'm a little delayed in releasing this episode because of the election last Tuesday and all the, you know, while we were waiting for the results throughout last week, I decided to wait and release this a week later. So a couple things I'd like to share with you. Very heartwarming story last Saturday. I was actually going to include a story on this gentleman in the last episode, the October running news episode. And I wanted to hold off because I knew this was coming up. Well, congratulations to Chris Nickich. And Chris is the first person with Down syndrome to complete a full Ironman. And this happened last Saturday, November 7th in Panama City Beach, Florida. Now, if you don't know what an Ironman is, this is what it is. It's a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike ride, and a full 26.2 marathon. That is incredible for anybody. I am so proud of you, Chris. Great job. And also my good friend, Ashley McKenney, she completed the Ironman in Panama City Beach, Florida on Saturday, and I'm really proud of her. She is such an athlete. She was in Maui uh, for a long time, and she left just after I left, and she moved to Charleston, actually Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, which is right outside of Charleston. So congratulations, Ashley and Chris. What a great job. You know, I have other friends that are Ironmen too, and I've never done it. And I don't think I will, but never say never because anything is possible, right? Anything is possible. 
Well, it's good to see that there's some events happening, but in the marathon world, we know that uh, that Boston has been pushed to later on in the year. And we don't reference this in my conversation with Vince because we recorded that just before Boston made that announcement. And I'm, there, I'm sure that there's a lot of you out there that were qualified and looking forward to the 2021 Boston Marathon after 2020 never happened. And you may have even started your training already and are disappointed. But keep your chin up. Keep on running. Keep the faith. Just remember, there's not a lot of races out there. So you probably will have a better chance at getting in when they open up registration for whenever the next Boston Marathon will be. And also my good friend, Les Wright, he puts on the Maui Oceanfront Marathon in January. He also puts on the Lake Tahoe Marathon weekend in October. Well, he came out and officially canceled the Oceanfront Marathon in January, and he actually had to cancel the Tahoe Marathon weekend in October. I I feel real bad for the race directors, the independent race directors that are taking a brutal hit this year. They work so hard to put these races together and put a lot of time and effort and their own money into it. And, you know, to have these things just be canceled is is really rough. So when they come back, please support them 1,000%, okay? They're going to need you so bad when their races start up again. So the first part of 2021 still looks like we're going to have cancellations out there since the virus seems to be spiking in the U.S. right now and not settling. It looks like that's going to have an effect on the race world for the rest of this year and at least the first part of next year. I hope that changes. I really do. We really need to get back to full racing, but I'm happy that there are races and events in person that are happening. Of course, there's many virtual races out there and, uh, You know what? We just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other and moving forward day by day, doing what we can to stay motivated, to keep running, to keep getting in our miles and to uh, motivate others to do the same. It's so refreshing. One of the bright spots in this pandemic is the running community is attracting a lot of new runners that otherwise may have never started running. So there is good things coming out of this. We just need to be patient. And eventually this will be behind us and we'll all be out there racing again. Okay. Well, Vince Varello, I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation. Vince is a wonderful ambassador to our running community and what he has created, the community that he created through Boston Buddies is amazing. And and the creativity and energy that he brings to some of the events through Boston Buddies is absolutely amazing. And I'm just really honored to have had the opportunity to have this conversation. So this is me talking to Vince Varello. Vince, welcome uh, to the Feel Good Running Podcast. I really appreciate you coming on today. I uh, obviously, Tracy from out in Southern California, cued me into the Great American Relay. And she said, Vince would be really a good guy to do an interview with. And I said, well, I'd throw him my way. And she did. And I contacted you. And now here we are. <laughs> Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on your program. Well, I, I got to say that uh, I didn't know anything about you and I didn't know anything about Boston Buddies and some of the other things that you're involved with. But when I did a deep dive, I'm absolutely amazed on what you're bringing to the sport of running. It's just incredible. And I, the listeners are going to really be fascinated by all of this. And you know, what you're doing now and what you're probably going to be doing in the future. Now, you're from Port Washington, Pennsylvania, right? That's correct. I'm from from Erie on the other side of the state. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we're just outside of Philadelphia. Yeah. And uh, you're a marathon runner. And from what I, uh, well, first of all, before I go into that, you created the virtual run group, Boston Buddies. 
Correct. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. You wrote a book called Boston Buddies about the 2018 <laughs> yes. Boston Marathon and inspirational stories about overcoming life's challenges one mile at a time. And I got the book. I have not had a chance to jump into it, but I'm all about the inspirational stories. Appreciate so, that. Congrats on that one. And kind of doing research, I might be off a little bit, but it looks like you completed about 31 marathons. Yes, uh, 35, I think, to be exact. Yep. Okay. Started uh, in 2010 was my first marathon. Pocono Mountain Run, right? That's correct. The Run for the Red mm-hmm. up in the Poconos just outside of Philly here. And your first marathon time was phenomenal at three hours and 14 minutes and 27 seconds. Yep. I was shooting for a BQ on the first try and um, I was lucky enough to attain it. I got to I gotta give credit to my, my niece, Avery, who came out with me at around mile 23 and helped pace me for those last three miles, three, four miles and got me to the uh, the finish line. Oh, that's awesome. So after uh, after the uh, first marathon that you did, you followed it up uh, in Philly and, and cut a little bit off your time, a little less than a minute or so. But your PR, from what I found, is in Dublin, and it was last year at uh, two hours and 58 minutes and 19 seconds. Yes. Today is the one-year anniversary of that, actually. Well, I just saw the memory pop up on Facebook. Uh, congratulations on that. <laughs> and that must have been one heck of a race to do out, an international one in Dublin. You know, what? it was a beautiful city. We had really good weather. Um, we had a good group of, of the Boston buddies come out to not only run it, but also support all the runners that were out there. And uh, everything just kind of aligned that day. And it, it really went well. I couldn't have asked for anything better. It was a perfect trip. You know, so many memories and marathons and, you know, that one is one for you. And I'm sure there's many more. Now, let's also I want to mention 2014 in Boston. Um, <laughs> what was up with that? You did a three hour and eight seconds. What am I trying to bust that two hour or three hour mark? You know what? I, I blame it all on the girls from Wellesley. <laughs> I had, I was looking at my splits and if you look at my splits, I was about 10 seconds slower that, that mile. And all I needed was to, to stay away from the girls and I would have broken three hours. <laughs> you know, I, I hear you on that, but boy, is that a phenomenal part of the Boston marathon. That's uh, I mean, correct. you know, you, you, you look forward to that as you're running it. You want to hear that little sound kind of getting closer and closer of the girl screaming as you're getting going through there it's a phenomenal the scream tunnel as they say and it's true you can hear it from about a half a mile away and it's 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 like nothing you can experience it's like being a rock star but you're just a runner (laughs) yeah yeah now i've done boston twice my first year was 2003 and i'm commemorating uh, you with my Boston shirt on today from 2003, but it wasn't a good race for me. I had to, it was one of my only two DNFs in all the marathons that I ran. I was having a severe back issue and sciatica down my leg and I bailed at mile 18, worst day of my life in running. And I had surgery shortly afterwards, but I was under at that time in 2003, you still had that. uh, I don't know if they still have it, but the, you know, the, what was it? 18 months period. So I qualified in Chicago, so I still could run it in 2004. And I went back out and ran it in 2004 and completed it. Nice. Yeah. You you finished what you set out to do. That's great. Finish what I set out to do. It's a tough course. I will say that, you know, the first time you run it, like uh, a lot of runners fall apart. I, I included, you know, I was walking by mile 14 the first time I ran that course. I did the, the typical rookie mistake, go out there super fast because it's all downhill for the first 16 miles. And, um, you know, those, those hills come back to haunt you, especially once you hit uh, Newton and the, you start going up for five miles. It's a, uh, it's a course or it's a marathon where it helps to have run it once uh, and then, you know, have some experience on the course because it's not an easy course. It's not an easy course, and a lot of uh, runners and more seasoned runners than I was at the time always said, don't mess with Boston. Don't mess with Boston. <laughs> and, uh, of course, the first uh, seven or so miles that you crank it, 
to mm-hmm. pay for it at the end, just like you just mentioned. Ugh. That's correct. <laughs> but still, what an experience it is out there. It's, it's, There's nothing like it. I'll no. do that race till I die. And this was uh, this was your 10th year uh, doing it, unfortunately, virtually this year. But 10th year, you started in 2010 running that one, right? Or 11, I'm sorry, 2011. 2011 was the first year I ran Boston. Yeah, and this was the 10th year. So 10, 10 in a row. So um, it was virtual this year, but uh, I still went up. We went up uh, about 15 of us ran in Wakefield, Mass, just uh, about 10 miles north of Boston. And we ran a, a 5K loop around the lake. And we did, you know, eight and a half, nine times. And that was our virtual Boston Marathon. We still had a good time. We had a finish line. We had a start line. We had fans out there and support. We really, you know, for a virtual race, it really came together. And uh, it's not quite like Boston, but we still had a good time and made the most of it. It's amazing uh, how many different groups all around, probably internationally, not only the United States, put some event around the Boston virtual this year out here in Denver. There was a nice little uh, group that, that did it together. Yep. Yeah. We have the Boston buddies group, you know, it's a group for marathoners that do the Boston marathon every year and we have runners from all over the world. So we were able to see pictures and videos of some really fantastic groups getting together from Australia, all over the United States, Israel, you know, uh, South America, Canada, everywhere. Um, and a lot of the groups, they really did it right. You know, Boston gave a lot of marketing material. You could print, you know, um, your own signs and you could print the town signs out. And it was really great to see people still embrace the marathon and, you know, make the most of it. You know, there's a, as, as runners, we've lost a lot this year. Um, but, you know, we still, uh, we, we persevere and we still keep going. And it really, really reinvigorated my spirit to get back to running and, and make sure like, you know, we treat it with respect. It's still the Boston Marathon, still the 124th Boston Marathon. And that's what it'll go down in the record books as. Well, I'm hoping that it comes back next year. Um, I, it's a wait and see because, you know, we're, we're living in a whole different world right now with this pandemic. Um, you and I, we, we didn't run these together, but you and I ran some of the same marathons at some point, New York, Chicago, Portland, sad mm-hmm. what happened out there. They're trying to re- redo that. But now, you know, with the pandemic, even trying to, to, um, reestablish that race, it's, it's, it's probably pretty tough for them. You ran Erie, the Presque Isle, uh, mm-hmm. Erie Marathon, my hometown, Mardi Gras. Yeah. At two, what is it? Two loops around Presque Isle, something like that's, that. That's correct. Two loop course. It's really great when you bring family up there because they can see it four times and only have to move a hundred yards. Exactly. So great and, race. And enjoy. It's in uh, late August, early September. So the weather's still great up there at that time. Um, and it's flat as a pancake. And flat <laughs> as a pancake. Uh, Mardi Gras, Georgia, uh, my 50th state, when I finished the 50th states back in 2006, the brand new Breakers Marathon in Rhode Island, uh, which mm-hmm. is now the Newport, Rhode Island Marathon. That's where I, uh, I had that uh, accomplishment finished with my buddy. That was a windy one. <laughs> yeah, it was. And, and it was chilly, too, because I think it, it was in October. I don't know yep. what, what yep. it is now. It's still October. That's correct. Yeah. I and think then, it might have even snowed a little bit when we were running it. Uh, it never snowed, but it was pretty, <laughs> pretty uh, brisk when I was out there. I could especially I don't know how they have the course now, but we had the jet out on the first lap out by the water and it was really cold. And then there was two laps and the last one came into a high school track, which was perfect when I finished the 50th state because you'd run in and you run around the inside and then the outside. So everybody we had out there watching us could see us finish. So That's awesome. great. And then you Good were out here it. too, by the way, for the last year for the Rebel Rockies Marathon. Oh yeah. We did a, uh, the downhill course, uh, the Rebel Rockies. That was, that was another attempt at sub three, uh, which went awry, but uh, it still was a great course. Great day. Revel really does a nice job with their races. I was really impressed with what they did for, for Denver and uh, everything again that day should have gone perfectly, but uh, my legs just gave out too much, too much downhill for me. Yeah. You know, probably a combination of downhill. And then how did you adjust to the altitude? 
you know, the, the altitude didn't seem to affect me too much. It was more, it was more my quads given out near the end of that race. Um, you know, it's just the, the constant downhill does take its toll. That's where, when I went to Dublin, it was, it was actually probably more uphill than down at Dublin. Uh, but it was more rolling. So it gives your muscles a break, you know, you're using different muscles up and down. So it gives them a little bit of break. And I, I seem to do better when it's either, you know, somewhat flat or rolling rather than all downhill. Yeah. A lot of people say that, wow, downhill is, uh, you know, somewhat cheating when you're trying to qualify for Boston, but I'll be honest with you. Uh, you do trash your quads on those Mm -hmm. things if you haven't trained significantly to you know build those up to handle that oh yeah yeah i've seen a lot of people fall apart on those downhill marathons it's not as easy as people think right you did a 30307 which is that's still a great time out there yep i was i was happy with it but again it's like i i've been waiting for that sub three for 10 years so it's it was kind of like 2014 Boston. I was happy because I, I had a good race, but it it, uh, it wasn't my goal. So yeah. I kept on plugging. Good. Well, you're still out there doing it. Yep. Well, let, let's talk about what you created, the Boston Buddies. Now, I got to say that after going through all of this, you were virtual before virtual was cool. <laughs> yeah, we we created this group in 2016, November 2016. It started out as just a, um, uh, really, it was just a comment that I put on the actual Boston Marathon Facebook page. I was looking for other runners to train with. Uh, I typically train by myself. So I was just looking for people to virtually train with to get tips and advice and just um, hear other people's experience because um, the when you train for Boston, it's a little a little different than normal training of a marathon. You know, you've you've done it a couple of times, so it's like you know you're kind of going at a faster pace than than uh, than normal. And um, you know, we we started with just four of us, um, and it just kind of grew from there. We had about 300 people 2017 at the time of the marathon. We all got together and at cheers afterwards. We had one guy crutched the entire marathon <laughs> so oh. we all waited for him to finish and celebrated his finish at the end his name's tim moley he's a, a great great runner great guy he's really active in the, in our group um but we had a uh, you know it was a special bond that we had and there was just something about the group that kind of that kind of took off we're, we're up to eleven thousand members now after four years and um, it's not all people that run Boston. It's a lot of people that, that are, might be trying to run Boston or just marathoners looking to see uh, what we're doing or, or trying to get advice from us. And it's, it's really turned into something special. It's it, a, a lot of people, you know, talk about virtual running and, you know, it's not the same, but like you said, we've been doing this for a little while and, and we've been able to figure out a way to connect Almost every marathon that you go to, or at least when there were marathons, you could find people with the blue singlet. That's the Boston Buddies singlet. And we would get together, do a shakeout run. Um, you know, you always had a friend on the course when you'd see somebody in that blue singlet. And now that races are starting to pop up, you know, people are getting excited again. People are showing up in the in the blue. We always put the hashtag, wear the blue. And uh, that's, how, that's how you know that uh, you have a friend in the race if you see that Boston Buddies singlet. The interaction on the Facebook site is absolutely amazing what people are posting on that. Uh, it just seems like people want to express what they're doing out there. And you p- created a platform that people can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, these past week or so, you know, everybody's been getting their Boston medals and their boxes with their surprise gift in it. So we've been seeing people post about that. Um, we try and do things throughout the year just to keep things active. Normally, normally people are running marathons and, you know, we're celebrating their BQ and their accomplishments. Uh, this year, obviously it's a little different. So we've been trying to do things to keep people still motivated and out there running. I think you alluded to some of the things that we did. We did a, uh, we did a 5K tournament of champions, kind of like the NCAA style brackets where we had we had seven weeks with 120 runners where they were going head to head with each other virtually. Um, you just had to, you know, submit your Garmin and, and you know, whoever whoever won uh, age graded wise would move on to the next the next round. Um, so we did that for seven. weeks. I, I wanted to ask you a little <laughs> bit about the uh, tournament sure. of champions. How how did that all come up? Because what I what, what I want to say here is that 
there's a lot of virtual races out there, but you have taken through Boston Buddies and your creativity and taken virtual to a new level where where it's exciting. I mean, it's not just putting on a race and getting a medal. You're putting something together. Now, this sounded a little complicated when I was reading the 5K Tournament of Champions because, you know, you had uh, you had a great response. You were thinking you were only going to have 60-some people, and then you had to end up capping it at 128 so you could get it done in seven mm-hmm. weeks. But how did you how did you correlate the NCAA uh, brackets and all that. How did that all happen? Well, it all, it all came about when everything got canceled and, you know, the NCAA tournament was one of the first things that got canceled. So, um, you know, myself and some of the other administrators of the page, Michael Young and Marty Clark and Tim Moley, we were trying to figure out a way to keep people involved. So this, this idea kind of came out of that once the NCAA tournament got canceled and it was like, all right, We've got a ton of members. We just, we can always throw a survey out there to, to gauge interest. And we had a lot of people, like you said, we had 128 people. We actually had more, but we, we would have had to go to 256 to actually get to the next level. So we capped it at 128. And um, basically, it didn't matter how old you were, what gender you were. There was an age grade calculator, so you could figure out the equivalent age. So if you were 60, if you were 60 years old and running against the 40 year old. Uh, person, you know, we would we would calculate the equivalent time, and that would be the the time used to announce the winner. So it really it really wasn't that bad, you know. We've got runners; these are serious runners, so they they were more than happy to to take the bull by the horns. They get out there and do their run. They communicate with each other, and they submit the results to me, and I kind of was the arbitrator of what what uh, the winning time was. And um, you know, it turned out to be great. We actually had. Um, a woman, Carol Sexton, 63 years old, she took on Michael Wardian for the, the championship. I saw and that she, she ended up winning. Her time was equivalent to a, like a 1458 or something. She ran an amazing time um, on, on a track. She's just a, a really great runner. She's run Boston numerous times. She's uh, won age groups and things like that. And most of the races that she's run, she's just a great spirit. And um, it was great to watch. We actually, she had her husband, uh, go live. The yeah, I was live on she was running. <laughs> she was, was up great. in Washington state. She did, uh, um, her time was equivalent to a 1438. Her, her actual time was 1946. Right. Um, so, and she's, what was she? 63 years old, something like that. C- correct. Yeah. 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 And your, your age range for this, uh, was 14 years old to runners in their eighties. And I think you mentioned, you know, a person that keeps popping up is a real, everybody just is amazed by this guy, Gene Dykes. You saw something with him and then you got the idea to do this. Gene Dykes is actually uh, local to me. He, um, mm. he he lives not far from me. So um, we get together. We, well, we used to get together at least once a month to go running or go to dinner or something. We play golf together. Um, but yeah, Gene Dykes is 72 years old. For those that don't know, he's he's a marathon runner. Two years ago, he ran a 254 marathon at the Jacksonville Marathon. Um, it was an unofficial world record for the 70-year-old age group. But he's just an amazing runner. And um, he he was in the tournament. He actually went up against uh, Ambie Burfoot in the first round. Um, so it was two legends of the of the sport that actually went head-to-head in, in round one. And... Um, he ended up he ended up winning, but they both ended up getting hurt in that first round. So he got they both got knocked out round one. Um, but we had some of the other legends. Um, you were saying there's people, you know, in their 80s. We had Roger Robinson, Catherine Switzer's husband. He uh, is a great runner in his own right, and he he was in the race. Um, we had uh, Becca Peasy. You know, Becca Peasy was the first woman to do the seven marathons, seven continents in seven days and held the American world record for that. Um, it was just, you know, we, we were able to intermingle, you know, some of the bigger names of the sport, which is, you know, the, the regular old runners like me that are uh, out there, you know, chugging along every weekend. It was great. And it really it really gave us something to look forward to. And it was like watching TV for seven weeks, you know, looking at the real NCAA tournament. It was so much fun to watch. Well, it's amazing how you how you looped in. I would have never have thought how to loop in a college basketball tournament into running. 
you know, the same principles. So very good and very creative on that. And by the way, looping back to uh, Boston Buddies, you do interviews with some of the icons of the running world uh, from the past, actually, that st- really created the, you know, running where it is today. Bart Yasso, Jeff Galloway, Bill Rogers, Catherine Switzer. That was kind of cool because you had it as a little Zoom thing. And then mm-hmm. people could could ask her questions on it, too. And Bobby Gibb and, you know, several more that you have on there. They're very interesting. And that's a part of Boston Buddies on your website. Yep. The, yeah, the website's bostonbuddiesrunclub.com. You can see all the interviews posted up there. I have to give credit to uh, Bart Yasso for, for coming up with that idea. When the pandemic started, he, he called me up. Again, he's local to Philadelphia. He's just outside, not that far from me as well. Um, actually me, him and Gene would golf together in the summertime since we weren't running, but, um, he, he called me up and said, Hey, why don't you interview me uh, like at noon and, you know, give the, the buddy something to watch because everybody was sitting at home. This was the beginning of the pandemic. We didn't know how long this was going to be going on. And we were like, all right, you know, I agree. And I was like, all right, let's, let's do an interview. You know, we called it brunch with Boston buddies and, um, it went really well. And then he was able to put me in touch with some of his friends and then they were able to put me in touch with friends and it just kind of exploded there's like 30 or so interviews up there and like you said it was you know the likes of billy rogers and Catherine switzer bobby gibb like the big names that are out there it was really really a a great time and the the people that i got the interview were just so humble and so giving of their time um they were so interested in hearing about other people and you know it was just a great, a great way to promote the sport. They, the runners, it's, I always say it's a little different than the other professional sports. They're very approachable. You can go always find them at some of these races, especially Boston. You see them around and they're very approachable. And it was just, uh, it was very humbling for, for me to actually be able to talk to the legends of the, of the, the sport. And they were able to just share so much of their time with, you know, uh, you know just normal people. It was great to see. You know, when you get Bart, I I did an episode (laughs) with Bart. When you get him involved with something, his tentacles reach so far into the running world that, you know, he can work magic for you. He knows everybody. Yeah, he's he's the mayor of running. He's the mayor of running. (laughs) Absolutely. He's been in the sport for so long. Um, There isn't anybody that he doesn't know. And he is so giving of his time as well. Um, he's, he's got great stories, you know, you can pick up his book on Amazon and stuff. He tells the stories about him running with the burrow and stuff like that and running with the Amish here in Lancaster. It's like, and naked. And naked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't need to see that, but yeah. <laughs> we don't want to see that, that image is just, but it's a great story in his book. <laughs> right. No, he's such a great guy. Great ambassador of the sport. You know, it's just, I, I'm, I'm blessed that uh, I'm, I'm near him and, you know, we're, we're friends and he's just somebody that, you know, you just you instantly meet him and you think that he's just your friend. It's great. That's a true statement right there. I met him in Hawaii when I lived out in Maui. He came out to uh, talk at the expo for the Maui Marathon and I met him there and then we remained friends and I've seen him over in Kauai. He goes out there every year and um, we stay in touch and, uh, he's, he's, you're right. He, when you talk to Bart, it doesn't matter how many people he knows when you're talking to him, he's, you, you know, he feels you're his best friend. It's amazing. So going back, you do a lot with Boston buddies for charity. And what are some of the charities that you support through Boston buddies? Sure. Yeah. The um, there's a charity called the Second Step, which is in Newtown, Mass. It is a charity for victims of domestic violence. So they get a bib through the city every year, and they've the last three years they've offered it to us, and then we've done our fundraising for whichever runner we choose. Um, so you, typically we get one runner out of our group. People submit their story of why they should run, and then we support. Um, them and their fundraising efforts. So like the, the blue singlets that we sell, they uh, all the proceeds go towards that charity runner. 
Um, we did something called the Moly Mile last year. Moly Mile is named after Tim Moly, who was the guy that crutched the marathon the first year mm-hmm. we ran. Um, the reason why it's called the Moly Mile is actually because he actually had full knee replacement surgery in March of 2018. And then six months later, he ran the Erie Marathon. Uh, after being told he was never going to be able to run or he had have to, you know, wait, he wouldn't be able to run like he used to. He ran the Erie marathon and BQ'd by over five minutes. Hmm. And as a tribute, um, you know, we all, the, we all that week did what we called a moly mile. And it was basically whatever your run is your last mile, you have to run at maximum effort, try and make it your fastest mile. Um, so that's what we call a moly mile. So we did, uh, a moly mile, uh, in April where we've got medals and everything like that. And, you know, all the proceeds from, from that race went towards the charity for the second step. Um, so we, we typically raise money for the second step. Like we get a bib through them, but then there's, we, we always welcome all the charity runners into our group. Um, you know, it's, it's not easy to train for a marathon. It's even harder to train for a marathon and raise, you know, seventy five hundred ten thousand dollars $10,000 for a charity. It's like a full-time job, both of them. Um, so we welcome that and we do whatever we can to help support the charity runners in our group. You know, um, Catherine Switzer has our two, six, one fearless foundation. So, um, uh, we've, we've teamed up with her on a couple of different, um, events and raised money for her charity. Um, you know, Dana Farber is another big one, uh, for cancer. Um, we've teamed up with them, um, the, in Philadelphia, we actually have the American Association for Cancer Research is based here. They sponsor the Philly Marathon and the Broad Street Run. So we've teamed up with them and helped raise money for their organizations as well. So we try and do as much as we possibly can for for the charities and the charity runners because, um, you know, as, as much as, you know, running is important, the, char- the charities are way more important than what we're doing. And um, yeah, what I've come to realize is, you know, the people that are running Boston have big hearts, lot, very big hearts. You know, they, they can, they enjoy the sport, but they enjoy giving back even more from what I've seen. It's very heartfelt that the running world gives back so much to charities. You know, we have this incredible platform with so many runners and, you know, when the races were, were on before the pandemic, I mean, the money that was raised for these different charities is amazing. So I think it's a a wonderful platform that we provide to the charities out there. Yep, I agree. I agree. Um, That's like I was I was able to actually interview Jack Foltz um, from he was the 1976 winner, the run for the hoses of the Boston Marathon. But he was instrumental in actually getting charities um, associated with the Boston Marathon and Dana Farber. and, And, you know, he's one of their key coaches and key uh, organizers for that organization. Um, it's just, like I said, runners are a little different. It's a good breed of people. They're just, they're just such nice people down the earth, good hearts. They just want to run. They don't want to be bothered by anything else. Let's just run. <laughs> I always call running the great equalizer. It doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, what your social status is. When you're running, all you care about is running. It's, exactly. it's the greatest equalizer out there. And for those that are listening that may not be runners or you're coming in brand new into running, join up, man, because it's a, it's a wonderful sport to be involved in. Yeah, I was going to say, I think this pandemic is bringing out a whole, a whole new batch of runners out there, actually. A lot of people are on the, on the trails, on the roads that hadn't been there before. And uh, I hope once once everything kind of opens up again, everybody sticks with it and they can join us at these events, you know, because there's there's nothing like racing. There's nothing like racing in person, the social aspect of it, the competition that you feel, you know, it gets you gives you that little momentum, little adrenaline, little adrenaline going in your body and stuff like that. You know, it's a it's it's a natural high. And uh, I really miss it. You know, I I think uh, races are starting to pop back up. So we're starting to see that excitement again. Um, So I'm, I'm I'm. Excited for the day when we all can race again together at Boston. Oh, that'll be nice. You know, you you mentioned with the pandemic, it's kind of suppressing all the races. And so it takes a little bit more motivation. And I think I saw something that you were in that uh, the summertime is really rough because it's so hot. And you created through Boston Buddies a thing called Team Challenge. 
And that was to get people motivated. And that turned out to be successful. <laughs> yeah, this was this was during the month of August. Um, again, we were we as the moderators, you can kind of sense the mood of people. So we were seeing that people were, you know, missing the lack of action and the lack of competition. So we created a challenge where basically we had a team challenge, 15 people per team. Um, and really all you had to do was run at least run or walk a 5k a day. You could even bike it. You could swim it. You just had to, to move 5k 3.1 miles a day. And, uh, you had 15 people on a team. So if every day that you would run that 5k, you could score a point for your team. Um, but you also had to, we also had to post a selfie of yourself on the page. And as a bonus, uh, we asked, people to do intro videos. So an intro video is basically why you started running. So if you did your intro video, you got five, five points bonus for your team. So the page just absolutely exploded when we did that challenge. Uh, I think we had 32 different teams of 15 people. So about 480 people or so, mm -hmm. um, signed up for it and it was free, you know, and there really, there was nothing to win other than pride. It was just something that we wanted to do to get people motivated again. And people loved it. You know, people jumped in, um, they were out there running every day or walk in just moving every day. And, you know, when people post their intro videos, that's something that's a little different with our group too. You really get to know the runners. Um, there's a lot of people that have, you know, the, the reason why they started running was something happened in their life, whether it was uh, a diagnosis with cancer or something or a divorce or somebody died in their life or, you know, they just needed a change from for weight loss or addiction. Um, and the people really poured their hearts out in these intro videos. And it really brings you a lot closer to those people and the people that at least have similar stories form a bond. Um, you know, we, we do have a decent number of, of runners that have beat addiction, um, in our group and, you know, we, we support them. We do what we can to make sure, you know, that they, they keep down the, the right path and that they keep running. Uh, myself, I started running when I went through a divorce. A lot of people, you know, start look to turn to something when they go through a divorce. And, uh, it really helped me, you know, settle my head during a time that was, you know, really rocky in my life. So if it wasn't for running, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. Um, but that's that's just some of the, the goofy things that we like to do in our group. Um, you know, we we take our running seriously, but we we do have a heart and we we do try and help each other out. And, you know, we form this kind of brother and sisterhood. And that's why, like, we, we try and buy the singlet and get together as often as possible when the races are actually happening. I think there's uh, something like 230 of those uh, introduction videos, and they're really wonderful to watch. I'm going to put a link to uh, all this on the, in the show notes for this episode. Sure. You know, you're right. I have seen so much in all my years of running, and especially in the last six years when I've been involved more with race directing and and putting on a, a group run. I used to put one on every Wednesday night in Maui. And I've, I've seen people's lives turned around. I've seen people that come into the group and they, uh, you watch them transform into this whole different person where they get confidence again. They feel like they belong to something and you watch their, just their whole demeanor change in such a positive way. Um, the uh, Skid Row Running Club out in Los Angeles, you know, Judge Craig Mitchell has done such a wonderful job out there with that. And the lives that have been turned around in that group, it's it's really amazing when you put a platform like that. You went through a divorce. I didn't have anything traumatic when I went into running back many, many years ago. I got in because my brother was a, he looked great. I just watched him drop 240 pounds and I said, I want that lifestyle. Yep. And so I started running and I stuck with it uh, through my life. But I just love, you know, the stories of people. I think that's what's really the wonderful thing is, is the stories of people that have, their lives have changed. Yep. Yeah. We have, uh, um, we have an organization called Back on My Feet here in Philadelphia. They're, they're not just in Philly, but, um, they're, they're represented well here and they help homeless people or, you know, to try and get back on their feet through running, you know, and they, they meet early in the mornings and they get them up and try and get them running. And it just gives them that sense of pride that they need to get, to get going, you know, and helps them get back into the swing of things. 
Um, I actually watched that skid row marathon just last week. And, uh, it was just beautiful to see, you know, that he, you know, that the judge takes the time to actually go out there and help these individuals that need to just get back, back into life, back on track. And they, it was amazing to see them taking, taking them on the international marathons. Um, and like it gave them that sense of pride that they just needed, uh, cause it's something you can control. It's one of the few things in life you can control for the most part, whether or not you get out there and run or not. Uh, there's not much in life you can control, but you can, you should be able to at least control whether you can get outside or not. Exactly. I was out in Los Angeles, uh, two times in, in the last, uh, five weeks and I ran twice with the Skid Row running group and it, it was, uh, it was just a remarkable experience. You saw what it was like in the movie, but to actually run with the group is, is just a, it's an amazing experience. If you ever get out to Los Angeles again and you have some time, they run every Monday and Thursday morning down in Skid Row at uh, 6 a.m. It's worth it. Anybody out there who's listening, join them for a run. It's amazing. For sure. For sure. So let's segue into something that just finished. I want to I wanna really get into this for a little <laughs> bit. You know, not only with all the other creative things that you did, you are put together uh, with your group, uh, you also put together the Great American Relay, which started in Boston and it finished uh, just last week at the Santa Monica Pier in Santa Monica. How did that come about? How did that all start? <laughs> this this was another uh, innovation, basically brought about by the pandemic. You know. Um, when all, everything started getting shut down, you know, um, we were thinking of ways to try and bring people together, uh, but do it in a, you know, smaller groups so it's safe. And I had participated in something called the One Run for Boston in 2013, which was similar. It was a relay that went across the country from Los Angeles to Boston. Um, so I knew that they had pushed Boston to the fall. So I was like, all right, let's try and do something similar, but we're going to do a, a relay from Boston to Los Angeles. And um, I wanted to cross all the major marathon finish lines too. So we crossed Boston, New York, and Chicago. That was, that was the only requirement is to cross all the major marathon, marathon finish lines. But uh, essentially what it was, was we had um, 379 legs of of the relay. We crossed about 3,800 miles. We went through 15 different States. Um, every leg you could sign up and there'd be one lead runner to carry a baton. And each leg was average about 10 miles. So every 10 miles you'd pass the baton to the next lead runner. And then you could have, you could sign up and have up to 10 support runners, um, help you along the way. So most you'd have is 11 runners running at runs, running at once, no different than like a normal group run that you'd have with your local running club. Um, but we went, we went through, you know, uh, Boston, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Chicago, Indianapolis, St. Louis, Tulsa, Oklahoma city. Uh, we went just South of, uh, Amarillo, just South of Albuquerque. We went through Phoenix and then finally LA. So it was like, we crossed a lot of the major cities. Um, I met so many wonderful people along the way. It was so many runners, that basically they just wanted something to do. A lot of them, this was the first live race that they had done since March. They were just so happy to be out. And it really was amazing to see. I've never organized a real event before, a live event. Everything has been these virtual things. Um, so I'm, I'm the reverse of everyone else. I started with virtual and went into live. But, um, you know, it, it was just amazing to see a lot of them, just the, the smiling faces. There's nothing, there's nothing like like giving people a platform or a place to actually just go out and experience life and enjoy themselves. Um, and based off of all the feedback I've gotten, we're definitely going to be doing it again next year. Um, people are already starting to make plans for running in different parts of the, of the country, making vacations out of it and stuff like that. It really gave a lot of people, there's about 900 people that signed up, gave them something to look forward to and, and got them going again and gave them something to train for. It was, it was so exciting. I met so many wonderful people and, um, you know, the, the stories that I have from this, I'll, I'll remember forever. Um, you can check it out on, on, there's a Facebook group called great American relay, and it actually has the, a picture of, of every handoff. It has videos of the handoffs of the batons. It has pictures, random pictures of the entire country, you know, through the, the Mojave Desert. 
um, through Chicago Marathon, through Indy, you know, all the pictures of cornfields throughout Indiana. There's a lot of corn in the middle of this country. I didn't yes, realize how is. much corn was in this country. <laughs> <laughs> we, we ran through a lot of it. Right. <laughs> corn and soybeans. <laughs> um, but it was just, it was so exciting to be a part of. And, um, you know, the, the, the runners needed something like that to get back into, into their groove. So I was just happy to be able to facilitate something for, for the runners. It really promoted the sport, and uh, I can't wait to do it again next year. Well, you had 379 stages. Did they find out a lot of, about it through the Boston Buddies? Yeah, the, I, I um, initially, you know, asked them if I organized something like this, you know, would they sign up? And I think the first day, they probably signed up for about 25% of the, the legs on the first day. They probably had about half of the, the legs out of the entire race. And then the rest, um, was, you know, other runners reaching out to run groups. Um, I didn't know too many people out West, but we, uh, we got a lot of support from Phoenix area runners, um, Albuquerque. We had a group called the soul sisters. They were really great. Um, and then, uh, you know, it was all through Facebook marketing that we were able to just fill all the legs. But I think next year it'd be a lot easier. Most of the runners, they already said they're ready to sign up for next year. So it'll be a lot more fun and, and a much bigger event. Hopefully COVID will be behind us and we'll be able to, you know, enjoy it, uh, as a normal race. So stages 162 and 163, Marshall, Illinois, was where the, that was held. And it was a total of 23 miles. And they ran for a friend, police officer Stacy Spiros. And he was diagnosed with stomach and melanoma cancer this past July. And several people came out in support wearing Stacy Strong shirts. And I actually had a chance to talk to lead runner Tim Sanders about the experience. Let's let's listen to his story. Yeah, stage 162 is actually my uh, brother. He is a police officer in uh, Marshall, Illinois. That's where we're from here. And then I did stage 163. Both of those are in Clark County, Illinois. Um, Stacy Sparrows is a police officer locally who um, has cancer. And we thought we would run in his honor. And actually, he just had the surgery and it's doing well right now. So um, that was the whole point behind it, to help him out and support him and let those communities behind him. We really wanted to embrace the whole thing. And, and you know, with COVID going on, I actually had it back uh, at the beginning of August. And I'm not a huge, huge runner, but uh, my brother does a lot of Spartan races and I have too. And, and I've decided that uh, I wanted to lose a little weight. And he said, hey, there's a race coming through town. Do you want to, would you be interested in it? And we started talking and thought, you know, with support cancer. And we thought Stacy would be perfect to do it. So um, I work at a local TV station and have a DJ business. So I always like to, I was in promotions at the TV stations, so always like to do things kind of big. So um, we had uh, planned having police escorts through our community uh, when, when our when we went running through, we had the fire department there. Um, he's also a volunteer fire firefighter, so we thought that would be perfect as well. Um, and then I uh, had these huge up lights and bought this light that shined a logo on these groups that are going through our town because at nighttime I was running the um, one of the right uh, the uh, nighttime ones and uh, it lit it up and we did it blue for police officers um, and lit the side of the silo up with his logo on that says Stacy Stan. That is a hashtag that we use. Uh, for him. Yeah, we did custom shirts that we made with each of our stages on them. Uh, and then we had those hashtag too, just to kind of show his support. And then um, what was really kind of the run is it actually went right by his house. Uh, so he had a lot of friends and support. And we had a lot of people from the community that were parked um, their vehicles all along the route. And it went for, like you said, about 23 miles for both of our stages. And um, there were people the entire time um, out supporting us and supporting him. Um, there were probably over a hundred people along the route. Uh, it was just kind of really nice just to show his support that we were there to support him and then just to kind of keep us going because 12 miles, uh, one of my, first, I mean, I've done a uh, mini marathon, but I had run for a while. So it was kind of nice just to have that support to keep us going. Well, it was a pleasure talking to Tim and what Tim and his brother did for officer Sparrows, getting the community involved and all the awareness that was just a remarkable story. And from what I understand is that you were following all the runners all the way across the U.S. So this was a long trip for you, too. So that must have been a great experience in Marshall. I think it, it, it was a long trip for me, but I think it was a longer trip for my wife. <laughs> 
<laughs> 30, 36 straight days um, we went across the country. Yeah, but I was there in Marshall. Um, they did an amazing job. It was like a parade. The, the town came out and supported the runners as they, they ran through the town. They lit up a silo in all blue, and it had Great American Relay and Stacy Strong across it. It was just it, it was amazing to see. These are the things that I, you know, I, I love to see. This is why I went and did this. There were so many other little stories like that that uh, I could tell about this race. There's so many good runners out there. Um, it's it really re- reinvigorated my love of the sport and it restored my faith in in humanity in this country. We really are more united than people think. You know, the, we were all out there. We had one cause. We just wanted to get out there and run. We were just having a good time. Kind of forgot about everything else in the world and uh, just enjoyed ourselves for a little bit. Well, Vince, Tim's story and what you experienced as you were going through the entire United States following runners is just amazing. And I would suggest to listeners to go to the Great American Relay Facebook page because you can see so many stories from runners and pictures and what their experience was like when they were doing their leg. And there's a link to it at the show notes at feelgoodrunning.com. One thing that I noticed was um, this poster that you started off with, which was blank, and it was the, it's a really tall poster that says the Great American Relay. And when you finished in Santa Monica, there was hundreds of signatures covering it. Yes, I, I brought, I was at every single handoff uh, one way or another, I got there. And everybody that si- that showed up in person got to sign the banner. So we've got probably 850 or so signatures on that banner, every single runner that ran it. So it was something that, you know, everybody could get behind and we ended up giving it away. Uh, we just had a random drawing at the end of the relay and uh, Siki Tadisi from Florida actually won it. So she gets to keep it and put it in her, her running memorabilia. Wow. That's a, what a way to, you know, to, to give away something and what a memorable thing that she got. She'll cherish that forever. So the Great American Relay, you did do this uh, attached to a charity, which was the American Association for Cancer Research. And I think when I first, first reach out to you, it's near and dear to me because I lost a friend this year to cancer and my brother is uh, going through cancer right now. Um, and, and fighting it. And, uh, of course we all know somebody, uh, else that has, has suffered with cancer and either survived so far or has left this earth. Um, how'd you get American Association for Cancer? How'd you get involved with that? Sure. Yeah. I, I first met, uh, Mitch Stoller, who's the chief philanthropic officer of the American Association for Cancer Research last year. Um, they sponsored the Philadelphia Marathon. So I was an ambassador for the Philadelphia Marathon and he had heard about the work I was doing with the Boston Buddies. And, um, we kind of partnered up and we raised some money for them for the Philadelphia Marathon last year. So then when, uh, I had the idea for the, the relay, um, I talked to them and was like, Hey, you know, you know, the runners really want to run across the country and get out there and do a real race. But, uh, you know, we also had thought, thought it would be a good opportunity to raise some money for a good cause as well. And, um, there were a lot of runners that were out there that had similar story as what you just said, where they were touched by cancer and, um, you know, it just gave, gave their leg in the relay a little bit extra meaning. Um, we had, we had one, uh, father who had lost his daughter ran with a picture of his daughter uh, during his entire stage. Um, We had another woman and she lost her father and it was the same story. She ran with a picture of her father during the entire stage. So there was a lot of stories like that where they had lost somebody that they, they love. And, um, you know, again, this race was something that they could do that they had some control over and could at least give back to the community. And hopefully, you know, the good work that the AACR is doing can help save some lives in the future for all of us. Yeah, I hear you on that. Cancer sucks. So thanks for doing that. I know that probably some of the runners that have a loved one that has cancer really appreciated the opportunity to recognize them and in some cases celebrate them. Um, So you finished last week in Santa Monica at the pier. When you got into California and you were in that last leg and you were coming up to the finish, 
I'm sure it was emotional for you and also the runners that were running that last leg. Can you tell me what that experience was like? Sure. Um, we were really lucky. We had a great lead runner for that last leg called Ashley McLeish. She's a Boston buddy and she did a great job organizing, um, that last leg. She got everybody or almost all of them to wear the Boston buddy singlet. It was made mostly of the buddies. And, uh, that was a surprise to me. And she also had all the lead runners send me a card, like a card in the mail. She collected, you know, a couple hundred cards of people just, you know, saying how much they appreciated the relay. And, um, she presented that to me at the end of the relay, um, after everything had wrapped up and it was just very, very surprising. Um, the, the relay just meant so much to so many people. And, uh, I was just happy that I could facilitate for the people. She did a great job organizing that last leg. And when she crossed that finish line, you know, it was bittersweet because literally this was probably the trip of a lifetime for me. Um, but I was, I was happy to see it end so I can go back and see my family. I have a five-year-old, so I can go back and see my little girl. And, um, it, you know, it's, it's hard to express the emotions that actually were, were coming out because it, it was almost like crossing the finish line when I had a three hours and eight seconds. I didn't know whether to laugh or to cry. Yeah. <laughs> at the time, it was a PR, but it was also not my goal. Um, so it was the same type of feeling. I just was so happy for the runners. I was so happy for Ashley um, and all the runners that finished that day. They were just so excited. And we, we got together, we went into the ocean, we dipped the baton and, you know, mm. had the celebratory baptism and said that the race is officially over. Um, and it was just, it's, it's hard to explain the feelings that we all had at that time, but it was nothing but smiles. I'll tell you that. That's what I kept saying during the thing. It was miles of smiles during this, this relay. I've interviewed some people that have run across the U S and, uh, you know, I can just imagine what that feeling was like, you know, even if you weren't running it, it just did a leg, just just that accomplishment, you know, from September 15th uh, to finishing up on October 21st. And I know uh, talking to Tracy, she said it was just a phenomenal experience, you know, and she wasn't even involved with all of it. She was just part of the last leg and uh, it was emotional for her. Um, hopefully you're going to end it at the Santa Monica pier next year because they're changing the finish line of the Los Angeles marathon to century city. I heard that. Yeah. Heard that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll still be there. <laughs> good, good. Cause you got to stop it. You got to finish at the ocean. You just can't not. Exactly. Well, what's, uh, what's next? What's next? What are your creative uh, bag of tricks here? <laughs> <laughs> We've got some things in the works, though, but I'm going to have to uh, I'm going to have to wait and, and announce it on the buddies page. So you will have to make sure that you're paying attention on the, the buddy, the, the Boston Buddies Facebook page, because we've got some events coming up over the next few months. Um, you know, we've we've always got something going on. So whether it's virtual or whether it's real, we um you know, we always try and keep people involved and keep people active and just promote the sport. Well, Vince, you do so much for the running community with all the stuff that you have been doing since 2016. And especially since the pandemic has hit, you know, keeping runners, thousands of runners engaged into running, which a lot need that engagement now because it's hard to stay motivated. And as it's getting colder, we're still going to need to have more motivation because you got to put on more clothes to get out there. Um, so it, I just got to give you a lot of kudos and I cannot tell you how much I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today. Oh, I appreciate the kind words. But thank you. Thank you for all you've done for the sport, too. Um, and I appreciate the time that you give me and, and the ability to, to get the message out. Um, we're, we're both ambassadors of the sport. You know, the sport's done a lot for both of us, I think. And uh, I think the more we talk about it, the more it can do for others. Yes, I agree with you. It has done a lot for me. And the more we can do for others, that's the ticket. That's the running ticket right there. I agree. All right. Thank you, Vince. Appreciate it. Thank you. Well, there you go. Vince Varello. What a good guy he is, huh? And what a ambassador to the running community. You know, you never know all this stuff that's going on out there. I never knew anything about the Great American Relay or the Boston Buddies. And it just happened that came across my way. And I love finding out new things that are really happening in the running world. It's uh, 
just a pleasure and it was just a an absolute honor to talk to Vince. And be sure to check out Boston Buddies Facebook page and also get the book Boston Buddies. It's the 2018 Boston Marathon inspirational stories about overcoming life's challenges one mile at a time. Links are in the show notes at feelgoodrunning.com. All right, runners, it's time for this episode's quote. And I reached out to Vince Varello to find out one of his favorite quotes. And he came back with a real simple one, which makes a lot of sense, especially in this time that we're going through with many races canceled or postponed. Well, here's his quote. Running isn't canceled. How's that for a simple quote? So there you go. You can get out and run. It hasn't been canceled. Just the races. So keep that in mind. All right. So that's going to do it for this episode. I'd like to thank my guest, Vince Varello. And please go to the show notes at feelgoodrunning.com for links to the Boston Buddies and some other things in there. Okay. And if you can share this episode and my podcast on your social media and with your running friends, that would be appreciated. It helps the show to grow. And if you can go on to Apple Podcast and leave a rating or a review if you feel so inclined, that would also be appreciated. And if you're not on our mailing list, why not? To get on our mailing list, go to feelgoodrunning.com and you can sign up for our mailing list and get 101 plus running related links. All those will be at your fingertips. It's uh, so easy to go to different directions such as podcasts, training, apparel, blogs, publications, whatever. Uh, that there's a lot of links on there and I update that periodically. So get on our mailing list, get that free PDF, okay? So remember, running isn't canceled. Get out there, get your miles in, just keep your running maintenance up. We're in the uh, late fall now, I mean, getting into the late fall and then winter. So it's going to take a little bit more motivation to get out there and, and get your miles in. You know, I like running in the dark and I run in the morning and it's dark when I start. And then sometimes at night uh, when we have our running group, we're running it in the dark also. So I just have my safety headlamp on and strobe flash flashing light. And I just love it. It's very peaceful to me. So now that the election is over, I, I hope that we move forward as a country in a positive manner. And, and hopefully this virus pandemic that we've been dealing with for, oh my gosh, probably nine, ten months now, will eventually get behind us and we can get back to some sort of normalcy. And no matter who your candidate was, I, I hope that everybody has a positive frame of mind moving forward. Okay, remember, wear your mask, wash your hands. Running isn't canceled, okay? And just get your miles in. Until next episode, be well and be safe. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please consider sharing this podcast with your running friends and on your social media platforms. To access the show notes that included all the resources and links for this episode and to access past episodes, go to feelgoodrunning.com. Until next time, keep motivated, keep focused, and keep on running. It is sure to make you, well, feel good. Feel good.